The podcast that leads a woman willingly around the highways and byways of Monty Python. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So, we're on the old Python ephemera. Although I think this is more than ephemera, really. But extra, uh, non-televisual um, output. Uh, 1971's Another Monty Python Record. The great thing about records is, of course, you can listen to them while doing other things. <laughs> Did you get annoyed with me? I didn't feel you were giving it your full attention, as much attention as you could do. I'm not very good at sitting down and listening to something without doing something else. Even mm. audiobooks and stuff, I'm always... You could have been writing notes for our listeners to... Uh, to well, if you're your just going to have a go at thought. me, I'll go. <laughs> I think she's going to go. Let's hear what you think about another Monty Python record. Let's start with the cover. You made me read a lot of shit unnecessarily. <laughs> I might not have been completely. Um, I might not have been completely explicit in my instructions when I asked you to read the sleeve notes. I didn't mean for you to read every single bit of every well, bit you of said including notes. the scored outfits it was really just that bit and the and the note next to it that I meant but but <laughs> let's hear your views on all the whole lot of it so I read through all that Beethoven shit just to see that he ends up talking about tennis mm-hmm. is that it is that the joke <laughs> I love that 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 is the joke yes I noticed it first when he was lobbing <laughs> yes. I didn't know if it came before that. No, it, it, I think what I like about it is that it, it comes in and then it takes a long time for it to come back again, and you're like, maybe that is a musical term that I just not, not just familiar, just not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the Stanley Baxter, Stanley Baldwin, Baldwin, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know who he is. He was the prime minister in the 1920s. <laughs> was Stanley Baxter? Stanley Baxter, the guy, the pen- panto guy. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. who I thought it was. Right. Well, of course, that might have been funny in its own way. <laughs> but yeah, this was a uh, waffling old man. Yes. Although I see, I, I did like the ending when it just kind of fell apart towards the end. That's and not it, very this good. hasn't been very good, has it? Um, it's a bit like uh, a, a wonderful son's attempt at doing comedy. And the funniest bit was when he Dropped the mic, went, that wasn't very funny, was it? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Although his more recent attempt at comedy... Oh, he's got good now, yeah. He was mentored by a comedy genius. Genius. you meaning yourself, Myself. Or at least somebody who knows what good I'm, comedy is. I'm glad you, you hide your geniusness from me. <laughs> I don't, though. That's the thing. You just don't appreciate it. Yeah. A prophet is, is always un, uh, unappreciated in his own time. Um... Yes, uh, where was I going with that? Yes, although the other thing that I thought was interesting, it's one of the earliest examples I've seen of using gay to mean homosexual. In that note. Yeah. 
just think it's quite early on, 1971, for that to be a, a sort of well-known Oh, do you think thing. in those days gay just meant... I can't think it did. I, I, mean, I, 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 don't, I, haven't, I haven't looked into this in any great depth, but I can't think of a lot of earlier things. I always think that even by the late 70s and Larry Grayson, What a Gay Day, it was still kind of going over the heads of a lot of the audience. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. So, yes, that was the uh, sleeve. Um, so then we'll get onto the record itself, shall we? Mm-hmm. How do you think, it, just overall, how do you think it compared to the first record, if you can remember that? We listened to a record before, I hear you say. Right. Okay, how, what did you think of the record? How, honestly, have we? Yes. And we've done a whole podcast on it. Done a whole podcast what on was it. it. A whole lot of sketches from the first series. It was much more just like a radio program. They just stood up and read the sketches. Yeah, uh, right. Okay, okay. Um, but it wasn't in the same medium as in it was out on the laptop instead of. No, we well, it was a mono record, so we didn't listen to it on headphones no. because there was no stereo to to listen to. Although we did try to do a stereo joke on it. But um, I'm still waiting for the records to be like songs. Well, we've got the spam song on this, and there's something else as well. But it was like it, it didn't satisfy. Me. You want you want musical comedy. I want musical comedy. Okay. And I know I'll get it eventually. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, this. What was your question? The medium. Just tell me about it. I'm just. I'm giving you an open floor to um, make comment. There was obviously some sketches that I recognised mm-hmm. from the TV series, mm-hmm. and so that was interesting in the sense of did it still work without the visuals? Mm-hmm. And a lot of their stuff does. Right. I think. Um, I can also see that they. It would be a lot cheaper <laughs> to produce the records. Potentially, yes. And I can imagine they having a lot of fun just reading, like you've seen pictures of the Goon Show being made or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, for just uh, all the sound effects and, and then oh, yes. um, doing, their, doing their bit. It was actually quite surprisingly similar to the TV versions. You know, because I always think they kind of ad-lib it a bit. But mm-hmm. it sounds like it's pretty well rehearsed and sketched and... Yes, I think... Uh, I think yeah, scripted and... There's a thing a bit of a myth about Monty Python. Is, mm. Oh, they're so crazy, they must just make it up on the spot. But in fact, they work hard at making it crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and everything's just so... It's a bit like that um, thing we saw on Staged, where Palin was saying they that they were being rubbish. Oh, right. Oh, had... oh, you mean the, the, the situation comedy staged? Yes. Right. Um, and it's like, Palin has a point that they, they worked really hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas well, you guys just seem to be saying, oh, any old rubbish that yeah. comes into your head. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's my general overview. Okay. So we start with the um, full starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just seem annoyed by that kind of thing. Well, it's unnecessary. There's the pleasures of dance and apology, and then an apology again, and oh, something about old ladies struck on the head by a stick. Apology number three, and then we get into the first step sketch of 1911 Jarrow, mm-hmm. and then there's apology number four, mm-hmm. which is an interrupting apology. At this point, I'm livid. <laughs> I'm just forcing you to do something that you hate. 
I'm on the cusp of not carrying on. All right, okay, well, we'll see how we get on. This could be the end. This is the last episode. Who can see? Um, and I did remember that Trubrook Mill, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know, I'd forgotten where it leads. So mm-hmm. I was pleased to see No One Expects Spanish Inquisition. And he does it so well. Who does? I think it was Palin who... Who does the who is the, the Cardinal Zimene? The one that comes in. The main in. one, yeah. Yes. Nobody! He does a really good... <laughs> in the second time he comes in. I presume in. he's the knight that says knee. The knight who says knee? Oh, we're pretending that. that we don't know about future episodes. Okay. Um, but the one bit that did actually make me laugh out loud, <sighs> which is a very rarity, mm-hmm. especially tonight's episode, um, is when he says... I come in again. <laughs> but, yep. um, nice bit of stereo work there when they fly across the sound picture from I right to left. did quite enjoy the fact that they walked across my head. <laughs> <laughs> Given that you don't enjoy very much, that could be the pool line. I enjoyed <laughs> the fact that they walked across my head. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. What did you think? Oh, I thought it was very... Yeah, I thought it was good. I think a bit like... And now something completely different. I think these sketches get better the more they rehearse them and the more they perform them. Yeah. So, okay, I thought these, these Spanish Inquisition sketches were better than the, the TV ones. Mm. Although, obviously, you don't have the visual bit. I thought in this bit, particularly when Terry Jones was told he had to do mm. the, the, the the speech... And then Michael Palin was basically telling him what to say. He did a very good bit where he said, um, um, our chief weapon is, our chief weapon is, and he does that sort of following along. It was a very good performance, I thought, mm-hmm. in that bit. Um, and then that moved into, they were given a, a, a price list for a sketch or a quickie, and they asked for a sketch. And so they got the World Forum Communist Quiz. Which is another one I remember from TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I, I was anticipating something that I never actually saw, but enjoy- I remember enjoying it from the TV thing, mm-hmm. which is when they, because they're first, Karl Marx, Lennon, Che Guevara and Matsy Tung are mm-hmm. being asked about British football. Yes. And um, when Karl Marx was actually asked about um, communism, mm-hmm. he looked so smug. I'm pleased that he could answer the question. <laughs> the question he could answer. But obviously yes. we didn't get that mm-hmm. in the audio one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so... Not very funny. Not very funny? Not without the smugness. Not without the smugness. Mm-hmm. Okay. What um, did you think? I thought, I thought it was okay. I didn't think that one was quite as much better as as, yeah. as uh, elsewhere. But, yep, there was then a complaint about that from somebody who wanted a LP of folk songs. And not communists. Propaganda. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're in my wife's blouse and they're in the... Miss Maudley should do something. Yes, as often. react People who are reactionary complainants often reveal more about themselves than they do about what they're complaining about uh, in that. How would you know that? I just think... It, it, I, I thought it was funny how this stuff that was written 50 years ago, you know, there are still... Parallels to be drawn with mm. today's society. Uh, but we then moved on to Gumby Theatre. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like this. I hated this. 
I just thought it was. Ooh, um, I mean, there was one thing I thought, oh, you know, when he said, come in, crash, bang, rat. And then the guy said, open the door and come in. <laughs> uh, but then I wrote, doesn't work on audio. It's just a whole lot of crashing. And... Oh, well, see, I think, I think the idea of the way it does work on audio for those who, um, and I want, for those who appreciate this, uh, and I wondered if maybe you were going to be worn down, was just the fact that it went on. And on. No, just maybe angry and angry. But angrier. it didn't wear you down. Sometimes that does happen, though. You do get worn down. But I, I, could, I was pretty sure you weren't going to be in this case. Um, Did you think it was brilliant? I thought I, I, I don't think it's the funniest thing they've ever done. Hmm. I see the humour in it. Um, I'm not sure if going. I think doing it and then doing it again for the next scene. I thought that was quite funny. But then going to the book at bedtime and just being the same thing again, I thought was didn't mm. really work. There's also the niggling issue about are the Gumbies funny? Are we laughing at people with learning uh, difficulties, difficulties yeah. or are they, you know, are they like a whole separate? You love stereo because I know you love the fact that any noise that my ha- my my arm behind your head makes, you immediately spot. Um, just fiddling. I, I'm always fiddling. I know it drives me mad. Yeah, but it didn't drive me mad when you got up halfway through this and went wandered all around the room and went to the loo and all sorts of things. That's the joy of wireless headphones. Well, this is the joy of having a hand. You can fiddle with things. <laughs> the joy of hands. Uh, I did quite enjoy the line that was adopted for radio by putting it on a plank and banging some nails in it. <laughs> yes, I thought that was okay. a good line. Let's keep the positives going mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, we then had the, the, is this the man who contradicts people? Yes. Yes. Norman Sinjin, Paul Volta. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't, that does not stay as welcome. No. You get the idea, uh, including a lovely bit when John Cleese get, John Cleese's penny drops. And he has to oh, ask. Oh, I see. And then he starts asking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that was rather good. Um, we then got some more folk songs. Yes, Lady thrown into fjords. There's a lot of violets get women in the folk songs. Yes, you're right. Old women hit on the head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that led into the architect sketch. Which we have seen before. Uh Uh-huh. When Cleese is actually designing a slaughterhouse. Uh And then he wants to be a Freemason. Uh Mm-hmm. And the Spanish Inquisition turn up. They do. I thought it was a lovely sound design in this bit, particularly Terry Jones and Michael Palin as part of the panel looking for an architect doing their sort of rhubarb in the background. Ah, oh, Wigan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, they did have nice little... Um, and then I liked it when the... After the Spanish Inquisition rant, he went... Where's everyone gone? And then they're, they're having a cup of tea with the architect. The architect. With his architect. That was Terry Gilliam in his own accent. Yeah. There. Yes. <laughs> he said, uh, Michael Palin said to him, shut your Jesuit face, Cardinal Fang. <laughs> At one point. Uh, these are, it's a little lines that I like mm-hmm. the best. Um, that then became Ethel the Frog mm-hmm. uh, or the Piranha Brothers. That went on. But it was it's good. I think it, I I almost think this might be one. That might be the best sketch from Monty Python's Flying Circus. There's so much good. good there's so much in it that is good. 
um, the man called Kierkegaard who just sat there biting the heads off whippets. All these little moments. And Michael Palin's performance as Luigi Vercotti goes from brilliantly comedic um, when he talks about the the club that he's setting up. No, 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 none of that. And has the phone call, uh, has to mm. say at the end at uh, Mother to try and suggest he's not speaking to somebody else. Uh, and that the lad with a the thermonuclear device was the chief constable for the whole area. But then he goes into this really dramatic performance when he thinks he's going to see Doug Parana. That is like, he sounds genuinely petrified at that point. Mm. Um, so yes, I love, uh, I think that's, I think, I think that's very good. Uh, he is 12 foot long from his head to his anus. Is Spiny Norman. And I think it works better not seeing Spiny being, Norman. Being just a description. It's just being a description. There's just one of a load of things that goes past you in this, uh, in this sketch. Uh, and that ends with another lovely, lovely sound joke when, um, the, I think it's Luigi Vercotti again comes in and, uh, scratches the record, scratches the record, yeah, scratches the yes. record, and they do the jumping record. Uh, which is the end of side one. Okay. Mark that out. Because we're obviously not listening to a record. So we started side two with the death of Mary Queen of Scots. Which, again, was just a whole lot of fighting. Mm-hmm. Only funny bit is when they go, I think she is dead. And she goes, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes. I like that bit. I think that, that worked better for me than Gumby Theatre. Because it isn't quite as long. Mm. And, the, again, the sound effects are really good. It sounds like sort of... Uh, Cutlery being rolled about a barrel, I think. Uh, and that then, Radio 4 then exploded, which uh, we then got two pepper pots. Pepper pots work well Graham. on uh-huh. audio, I think. Yes. Um, and I do remember this with the penguin on the telly. Uh-huh. Um, and I also like the fact, and I remember this from the TV sketch as well, when they're switching on the telly, they sing the girl from Hippodrome. Hippodrome, yeah, just so quietly, but they both get a joy there. Uh, if only we could remember that, and every time we're trying to find the remote, to <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should do that, shouldn't we? And I, I like the discussion about stamping uh, animals, property of the zoo. How could you stamp a great big lion? You stamp that them when they're small. small. <laughs> I liked a bit before. Was, where's the penguin from? Um, the Arctic. Yeah, uh, Burma. Why say Burma? I panicked. <laughs> Which I think, I've seen the record of the TV, we thought that that might have been an ad lib, because John Cleese laughs at it. Yeah. When, when Graham Chapman says, I panic. And then we got a little bit of how to recognise different parts of the body, which led into the Spanish Inquisition number three, the comfy chair. And everybody said comfy chair, and another nice stereo, uh, stereo moment. Comfy chair, comfy chair, and that led into the sound quiz. Famous person getting up in the morning. Mm-hmm. That was a nice bit of sound design, too. It was just someone getting ready for the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was Visconti. Yes. Not yeah. an, an Italian, Italian film designer. director would oh, not be sufficient. Uh, then we went into Be a Great Actor, mm. which you would have been very familiar with, given that you read all of you the... You to read it. I know, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. I should have made clear. Just read this bit. Don't worry <laughs> about the rest of it. What did you think of being a great actor? This is this is using the medium. Well, well, I like the concept of you know being an actor in a box, uh-huh. and um, 
there was obviously no actual instructions. Mm-hmm. You just had some props and some some script. Yeah. Um, what I thought you got from the insert that wasn't on the audio mm-hmm. was how in the second script mm-hmm. the instructions for only one of the parts became increasingly, increasingly detailed of, with slight trepidation, but also excitement, say, Belinda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he only like, he pretty much his name was Belinda every yeah, time. It yeah. had to be said in a different way. Um, so that probably enhanced my enjoyment of listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was props, and I, I just didn't understand the left-hand sideboard, which was just a bit of fur well, that's... cut out. Oh, that kind of sideboard. The kind of sideboard that I had until a few days ago. I thought it was meaning like a piece a of sideboard. furniture. Yeah, no, it was like a... I understand that now. A sideburn, sideburn. sometimes. But obviously, only the one, so it had to, yeah, had to, to be a profile. Answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, understood that. But you see, that's an example. Look, that insert is an example of... Could, they didn't, at this time anyway, they didn't shortchange you. Can You were getting... A lot of bang for your buck there. You were getting a record that was in a sleeve that was funny mm. with some inserts that were funny that worked with the record. Yeah. You know, to perhaps maybe to kind of make up for there being some recycled material on it. But then again, this was at a time when, you know, you couldn't grab a DVD off the shelf yeah. and or put on Netflix or whatever. And, and they did repeat things on telly quite in the same way. They no, not, not in the same way they do, um, they do now, no. So... And a lot of people talk very fondly about the Monty Python records as being this was the way that we could relive, you know, the things that we'd enjoyed in Monty mm. Python. Um, uh, and after the Be a Great Actor, there was a bit of a theatre review programme with John Cleese's Gavin Millar. I think he's, a, he's very good at speaking fast, doing the analysing thing, but not actually saying anything. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy this, I have to say. I, okay. I, think, I think I can see, I think Cleese in these things is kind of, edging towards something that he gets to eventually. Yeah. Spoilers. Um but that you know hasn't hasn't quite got there uh, got there yet. Then we had the Festival Hall concert, Michael Palin's uh, little solo spot. Well it was new. Mm-hmm. But I didn't enjoy it. It was all sound effects. It's not just that, it was this the idea of a it was one joke. Mm-hmm. He broke the violin, he broke mm-hmm. another violin, he broke another violin, then it just got silly. Right, it's too silly. Stop this record now. <laughs> uh, which led to, to spam. Which was... Music. Uh, it was music. I liked it also when she said, bloody Vikings, because then you realise, you re- I remembered that in the TV version, all the all the people in the cafe happened to be Vikings. Vikings, yes. Um, uh, then the camp uh, judges. No. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. It's good, though. Yes. Good performances from Palin and Idol in that. Uh, then, Stake Your Claim. A magazine-type programme, game show-type programme. Yeah, uh, the first guy claimed he wrote... all Shakespeare's plays. But fell apart under Instantly. the most basic of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And then the second one went, ah, see, I'm not going to stand up to your scrutiny, so I give in. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was, I want to borrow through an elephant. Now, that's not what you said. <laughs> I didn't that like was that. quite I, funny. I can yeah. borrow through an elephant. That was a funny thing, I thought. I quite quite like this. A fair number of these sketches had all of them in it. 
Mm. Which you don't always get on the TV. And I think they do kind of work better when they're up. I presume they were all together um, when they were recording this. They didn't need to be. Um, But, uh, but, yeah. Uh, And this was one of them, which was a lifeboat sketch. I remember this from the TV, and I'm not sure I enjoyed it then. I think the same bits were good now as were good then. Primarily... The third time they started, Terry Jones going, oh, we're starting again. Yes. Oh, right, right we have to start again. Again, uh, Again, once you've got over the general gist of it, which is they're going to all argue about who should eat who, mm. I don't think it necessarily bears a lot of repetition, this one. Yeah. Though I still enjoyed the um, naval complaint saying we've got that mostly under control. Yes. The cannibalism. So uh, I thought that was quite mm-hmm. funny. Then the camp judges again. Small bit of camp judges into the Undertaker sketch. Yes, again, we've seen this, mm-hmm. uh, but I've forgotten that they suggest eating her in the end. Um, Is that too far for you? Yeah, I didn't find it funny. Oh, dear. Uh, but we did then get, uh, if you've enjoyed this record, you may want others, uh, including the Spanish Inquisition singing folk songs. Mm-hmm. Knees up, Mother Brown. Knees up, Mother Brown. That's what came up with. Uh-huh. Indeed. And then there's the uh, funniest book song. Yes, there was. What? The funniest, but the funny book song. Our listeners might be wondering what that is, because that's not actually part of the record. Oh, sorry. Should I not mention no, that? No, that's fine. I wondered if you would think it was part of the record or not. I thought it was, yes. No, it was a radio advert for, um, for, for another product. So what did you think? Another Monty Python record. Well, seeing as I I thought this was the first Monty Python record, (laughs) I feel it's not going to stick in my head. Oh, well, okay. Are you you looking forward to more Monty Python records? If they have more songs. Songs is what you want. Songs is what I want. Which is interesting because I don't think of you as being... I suppose you do like music, but I don't think of you as... Liking music. I think it's just because we had one record growing up. Oh. And it was songs. Of Monty Python? Yeah. I see. Well, let's hope we get to that record at some point. But we won't if you're not going to go any further. Are you going to go any further? Can I ask Mm -hmm. what medium is the next thing we're doing a podcast on? Well, there might have been a clue. Is it on the book? It's Monty Python's Big Red Book. Do I have to read a book? (laughs) <laughs> Do I have to read a book? Let's look at it as the the current thing that everybody's interested in. It's a book club. <laughs> How long have I got to read the book? You'll have plenty of time to read the book, don't panic. Because I am actually in a book club. I know, I know. As you might imagine, it's not that kind of book. It's a flick-through book. It's a, it, it, was, it is the first, the original toilet book. Okay. Cash in toilet book. We'll put it in the toilet. There's more chance of me getting uh, it. We will. I will maybe do that. <laughs> do we have anything more to say on uh, another Monty Python record? No. Well, if there's no more to be said, then all that remains to be said is join us next time when we will once again introduce the literary Python. Up the misses. Bye. Bye.